Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to another episode of the Saddle Up Show with Shy and Destin. Presented to y'all by Stampede Blue. The official coach site of SB Nation. How are you doing, Destin? How are you feeling? Uh, it's a lot of craziness going on, man. But I need some sense of normalcy, so I hope you provide that for me. Man, I think I think I've just like fully embraced myself into the crazy that's about to happen. So it's just like the roller coaster. I've been on the roller coaster so many times. I know where this mm-hmm. is heading. <laughs> But I'm 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 just buckle in. I'm a, I know where to smile. I know where to scream. I'm, I'm ready. I'm prepared. Are you really ready though? Are you really ready? Well, I mean, what what else could possibly happen? <laughs> like we're we're in a spot now where they've set us up to where nothing, and I mean nothing, can surprise us more than what we went through this past week. So now any everything we watch the rest of the time, it's just like. I mean, yeah, that's surprising, but is it? Is anything yeah, right. surprising it, anymore? That's pretty much where I am. Uh, let me t- let me ask you a question. Have you been blown away by the the national news that the coach have been, news coverage the coach been getting? Because it seems like everybody is talking about you know what's going on in Indy, which is a big change from what we're accustomed to. I mean, on these like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday days. Like the Colts chose the slowest days in sports to make all their moves. Um, I don't know if I've ever heard of a team who's just like made Mondays fun because that's what the Colts have decided to do over the last like month. They've decided to make all these huge decisions on Mondays. So they're just prepping themselves for the national media to talk about us all week. I appreciate it. We appreciate the coverage. Most of it's negative, but right. <laughs> but uh, a wise man once said, there's no such thing as bad publicity. In this I've heard situation, a, I heard a wise man say that. And this situation proves that that wise man didn't know ish. Uh, <laughs> that wise man wasn't so wise. But <laughs> uh, well, I guess we could start. I guess we could start this this episode with uh, going out of practice. The injury report. We got the first injury report. It's a lot of names on it, but it's no need to be really worried. A lot of names was due to rest. Um, Moali Cox with an ankle. Um, who stuck out? I saw Jelani Woods with a shoulder on there, and, and that's really what my concern was with the tight end room. Uh, the coach did make a move by signing uh, um, oh, slipping my mind, Daniels. Daniels designed um, what is his first name? Daryl Daniels to the practice squad. Uh, Daryl Daniels spent some time here actually in 2017, if I'm not mistaken, and uh. I guess they needed someone that was familiar with the system, somebody that didn't have to teach a brand new game plan to, because we could be a little shorthanded when it came into 
the tight end department, and he's more of a blocker, which replacing Moelle Cox, you know, that's that's the type of tight end you need because if these two, Jelani Woods and Moelle, is unable to go, you know, you're pretty much left with Colin Granson, and we all know he's not much of a blocker. He's he's your kind of your move tight end, the guy that you want to get out uh, on routes. So um, other than the tight end position, is there anything – you you saw that you're worried about uh McLeod was on the rest day, Yannick resting, Gilmore's resting. Uh Dion we know went down with the knee injury. Um I mean it's it's only it's Wednesday's injury report. Thursday and yeah. Friday are more telling. We've always said that on this show. Um what I'm ready for, because like I said, I'm strapped in. I'm ready for chaos. I'm I'm hoping for chaos even at times. What I'm ready for is for Matt Ryan to be back at practice and his shoulder to be healthy so we can call BS on what Ursay's saying about this quarterback situation. Let's, let's I, talk about that real quick. So so what was your thoughts on that when you saw it, when you first saw it? Uh, Ursay, I, don't, I can't remember who put it out. I did want to get um, it, right, but I can't remember So who. I believe Kiefer put out the original mm-hmm. article, but I think he put in there that it was a personal phone call between him, um, Ursay, and then Chapel. Um, okay. Yeah. So yeah, the three yeah. of them were on yeah, a call. Chapel was the one I saw. So who's not affiliated with the athletic, but that was who the call was grouped in with. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Ursay, 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 Ursay. He's just always been a guy where you give him a mic for too long, he's he's bound. Yeah. To just say some things. Um, I loved Pat McAfee's. Uh, what is Jim Ur saying? Um, segment the day after the press yes. conference, just gold. Pat McAfee show in general is also just gold, though. Yeah, shout out to Pat McAfee. Yeah, shout out the Pat McAfee show. But uh, to me, that was just all trying to get back on board. The national coverage right now is, oh, they're tanking, tanking. Like this is the ultimate tank move. Jim wants a person in the building. And after the Dolphins situation, um, who the Dolphins lost a first-round pick this past year where they were supposed to have two, um, they trade one away for Bradley Chubb. Now they have zero. That situation is going to heighten those emotions. So the Colts really can't afford for it to be a known fact that they're just tanking the season. Mm-hmm. So I get, I get it in a sense, very clean up the mess PR type move, but it don't mean nothing until I see it. Cause if you're telling me right now, the best quarterback is going to be on the field. I, I'm sorry to every Sam Ellinger stand. Okay. But there ain't a person alive. That's going to sell me that Sam Ellinger is a better quarterback than Matt Ryan. So I can't wait till he's off the injury report with his shoulder situation and they can show me the truth. They might not just they might not take him off the injury report. They might just leave him off for the rest of the season. <laughs> the shoulder fell off, guys. Yeah, it's completely ruined. Yeah, he's he, gonna need surgery in the offseason. He's season. going through some situations. We have to get a shoulder replacement. Um get a new bionic sh- shoulder put in. He'll be back next year. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, 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 that's what I'm really waiting for. I'm excited for when Matt Ryan's name has to get taken off the injury report, and then we can see the cards. Oh man. Okay. Well, let's get to what we do. You know, answering you guys' questions. Uh, this is our favorite part of the show, and our first question is from. Okay, hopefully I don't mess this person's name up. Oscar. 
Apasio. And his ad name is actually his full name, Oscar Apasio. So what do you what do you rate his at? I'm gonna stick with my consistent six and a half when you're able to get your first and last name, mm-hmm. which is a solid score for me. Best score I've given out is I believe an eight now. I believe I gave an eight out a couple weeks ago to our boy Steinamite. Spoiler alert! I might have found one that's that that's going to rival that one. But he may, but he may be a he may have got a seven and a half. I may have to go back and do some some check in there. But I know that I can't remember if it was a seven and a half or eight. But I, that's the best one I've given out. So a six, a six and a half is not a light score. I'm, I'm, but I'm gonna keep it consistent. When you get your first and last name and you're able to get that under control, a six and a half is the score you're gonna get. Okay. So his question is a simple, real simple question. I'm sure a, a question a lot of the fans have. Um, how frustrated are players? Um. So I actually, I, I was messaging back and forth with a team source today. And I, I was asking kind of the same question. I was just curious mm-hmm. what the morale level is in the building. Yeah. And he told me that the amount of players that were upset about Matt Ryan being benched is significantly higher than the amount of players that are upset that Frank Reich was just fired and that Jeff Saturday was just named head coach. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I still think players are frustrated. I mean, this season is hard not to be frustrated when you're a competitor and you're Mm -hmm. competing at the highest level um, because this team's just not getting it done on, on the offensive side of the ball for sure. And if you're a defensive player, I can't imagine you're, happy that your efforts are just being wasted night in mm-hmm. and night out. So I mean, mm-hmm. the, the level of frustration is not going to go anywhere, but I do believe Jeff Saturday did all the right things. And I don't know if that's a planned conversation for us to talk about today, um, because I know we were very critical of the move and I'm still very critical of the move. There's still things that happened in this process that I'm never going to think are acceptable. Even if Jeff Saturday goes on to be the most winningest head coach in NFL history, mm-hmm. like there's just things that are part of this that just aren't right. right. But he he did all the right things today. Um, You can tell he's a guy that's worked in TV over the last few years, a guy that's been around the sport. He knew that it was all going to be about being 100% honest, being 100% straightforward. And that's what he's been from the jump. I mean, he he made it – he let him know that when he was talking to the players, he highlighted that he has no coaching experience and he's not going to act like he does. Um, he's not acting as if he's a guy that isn't going to learn on the go because he's going to have to, because again, no coaching experience. So I, I'm interested to see what the approach is going to look like. Um, Jeff Saturday, it seems awesome. I mean, the press conference was great. He's, he really handles the room and the mic. Well, if that was what the head coaching job was, this would be a 10 out of 10 move already. Um, sadly, there's a lot more that goes into it. And he mentioned today that he's going to take points a lot, which means we're going to kick a lot of field goals, which means Destin, me, is going to be very depressed at times because I hate kicking field goals. So, um, My thoughts on it, uh, it wasn't very specific about the question, so I'm just going to kind of try to answer it on, on multiple fronts. Uh, players are frustrated, just period, you know, with the season in itself, with – with uh, like Destin mentioned, the Ryan benching, with uh, Naheem getting traded, um, the Frank firing, the Saturday hiring. Um, but what I can say is, if we're speaking about specifics, uh, there was players upset 
about Frank being fired, of course, because for some of those guys, for most of those guys, that was all they knew. You know, it's the only coach they've ever had in the NFL and they've grown to like them. And some of them feel uh, like Quentin Nelson spoke earlier, feel like they personally contributed to Frank getting fired. And, and so, you know, some of them took that personally. Is he wrong? Uh, no, he's definitely had, he definitely <laughs> had a role in his role. Probably not as big as others, but he maybe definitely not, had a role. Maybe in. not him directly, but his unit. Oh no, his unit. It, his, it's 100%. his his unit could be circled, stamped, checkmarked as the sole reason a lot of these things that people are upset about are having. Exactly, um, the Matt Ryan benching. Shameless plug. Um, my most recent piece at the Stampede Blue did cover the struggles mm-hmm. of the offensive line in my this week's piece of auditing the Colts team needs. Um, I, I dove into the offensive line, and I, I really do suggest you guys go and read it. A lot of different stats out there that you can see. But that mm-hmm. was one of the comments that I made in it was the offensive line can be circled and brought back to for just about every big move that I'm sure the locker room is upset about. But those guys – and their their ability to underplay this to this level can be circled for the Matt Ryan benching, for the Marcus Brady firing, for Naeem Hines wanting out, for Frank Reich being fired. Like it, it sucks to to put blame on one place because there a lot of people are underperforming, but the offensive line is such a major issue that it's hard not to just say that that group is responsible. He's got a quarterback benched, a running back traded, and a coach fired. God damn it. Who? And an offensive coordinator fired. <laughs> so, ah, man, it is what it is. You know, yeah, it's frustration everywhere. You know, a lot of people are frustrated. Uh, I do think it, it, the frustration probably calmed down a little bit once the team got to speak to Jeff Saturday. Uh, like I said, never had an issue with him as a person. You know, he's a great, I'm pretty sure he's a great guy. I don't know him personally. I haven't had the chance to speak to him yet. Definitely plan to. But, but from everything I've heard about him, he's, he's a great guy, smart guy, a really good leader. You know, he really connects with the guys out there, considering his relationships with Ursay and, and the way he played the position when he was a center, one of the best centers in the NFL. You know, so – I expect him to go out there and and really bond with these guys and get these guys some perspective that maybe, you know, Frank Reich was just a little bit out of touch on being, being a a little older than Jeff Saturday. So, you know, I'm sure he'll connect with those guys and, and, and be able to reel them in. Uh, so next question. Got it. Got it. Got it. This is coming from Max Snyder at Max Wells. Snyder. Maxwell's Snyder. Oh, so his whole name is Maxwell. Maxwell Snyder. There's a Maxwell S. There's an S after Wells. So I'm guessing it's Max Wells. So maybe it's Max, middle name Wells Snyder. No. There, or or maybe that S is on accident. I really don't know. Alright, so I'm I'm gonna have to give this a five. I'm giving it a five because of the confusion that it's causing me right now. I, I really <laughs> the, can't the figure aneurysm, out. The aneurysm, yeah. the migraine you're getting caused right now. Yes, Maxwell's Snyder. I, I'm Max a big Wells. assumptions person when it comes to these ads. Um, I like to make a story in my head and try to sell it to myself. If I can't, then that tells you a thing or two. <laughs> but I'm going to go five and a half, and I'm going to guess that Wells is his middle name. I'd love to hear 
from Max Snyder. If you want to let us know next week, I, I'm tomorrow when the episode comes out a little bit, let us know. But I'm guessing Wales is his middle name. I'm going to go five and a half. Five and a half? I'm going to go five and a half. That, not, that's, that's not bad. It's just, it's just losing a point, basically, for having to add your middle name. And his question, though, is what do you guys know about Parks Frazier? And do you think there's a silver of hope that he will make the offense look even a little better than it has? I find myself more on the let's prove these analysts wrong about this franchise side of this point. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know much about Parks Frazier at all. You know, I know he's been with the team a, a couple of years couple of years now, I believe, since 2018, if I'm not mistaken. But it, it's not really much much data out there on him. You know, he, he coached at Stanford, I believe, to get his – he got his start at Stanford. And yeah, I believe smart guy. The, yeah. I mean, you know, anybody with Stanford background let you know what type of guy he is. Pretty heady guy. But everybody speaks well about him, though. That's one thing I can say. All, all the guys rave about him. They talk about how, how smart he is. How he gets on a whiteboard, you know, he does his thing. But I, I don't know much about him. I haven't met him personally, but I have heard his name multiple times. And he's a young guy, 30. He's, he's right in between me and me and Destin. You know, it's kind of our balance. So I, I I'm excited for him though. I'm definitely excited to see what what kind of ideas he have and, and what, what he want to bring to the table. Part of what is gonna be his advantage is that. You know, nobody has any idea of what they expect from him. So it's not like they can go and watch prior games and, and, and get tape on, on what he likes to do and what he likes to call in these situations. He's a complete wild card. And the best thing he can do is use that to his advantage. You know, while people has no data on him, you know, he, he should approach this thing with a clear mind and as creative as possible and use that to his advantage, the fact that he's relatively unknown you know, amongst the the rest of the NFL. I'm really curious what the youngest play caller ever is. So I know Sean McVay started It's, it's at probably Sean McVay. He started yeah. at 30 as well. So you think he's the youngest yeah. currently? Because, uh... I mean, Parks, Parks, when he makes that first play call on Sunday, he's 30 years old whenever he makes that call. And, that, and that, that's what... So in my head, Sean McVay, when he first started doing this, was was thirty as well. But that was at the head coach position. I doubt. I don't. I don't think he was doing the lead play calling before. I was about that. to say, but did he did he, did he ever call plays in Washington though? Uh, I mean, situational type stuff. I don't know if I'm counting. Like Eric Bieniemy technically does like some situational play calling in Kansas City. No, yeah, I no, wouldn't call not. him the play caller. Right. So I'm trying to I'm trying to think in Washington. I wouldn't think though. Not with um I'm assuming Gruden was, called him. Gruden yeah. Gruden at one point was there was he was there with Gruden, right? Yeah, Shanahan. And he was the head too. coach and then the Shanahan and I mean that yeah. whole obviously that whole shebang of head coaches now that were on that staff, but yeah, I don't know. I I don't think he would have. So Parks Frazier is at least gonna be in that realm of things and just a little bit less uh, known about him. Um, I know the ex-TV personality um, and media personality, sideline reporter for the Colts um, that used to be here before Laura Overton mm-hmm. is his wife. Her name's Candace. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Um, she went to Carolina. I don't know if that's where she still is, but she was with the Panthers after she left Indy. So I don't know what else to tell you about the guy. I mean, there it was it was going to be a situation where whoever was getting named as the play caller was mm-hmm. going to be inexperienced, um, more experienced than Jeff Saturday, though. Don't don't jump. There you go. <laughs> you're trying to start a riot. That's what you're trying to do. I like to have fun. I like to have fun. But uh, I, I, I'm curious. I, I, we'll see how it goes. It's going to be the same wheelhouse. It's going to be in that Frank Reich playbook type thing. I mean, when he was asked about it today, he even said that he, he knows that playbook very well from over, working with Frank over the years. So it's going to be similar. Um, I'm interested to see what flavor he puts on that, what that 15-play um, sheet looks like for him when he comes up Sunday. And this Raiders team has a good defense. I mean, they're struggling. I get it. The offense has been very up and down for the Raiders. But this team has a very solid defense, a very good pass rush that's still going to cause fits for this Colts team on Sunday, especially with the offensive line that we have. So I'm very interested to see what Frazier looks like. I mean, this this is a very good opportunity for a lot of guys with very little experience. It's a very good opportunity for them to make names for themselves. And I hope we are beyond wrong. And Frazier and Saturday make a name for themselves right now. Most of the time we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Yeah, um... Shanahan called plays for Kyle Shanahan called play for the Texans in 2009, where he was 29 years old. Ah, I just went found that just now. Uh, I don't know if he's the youngest still, but Gary but that's Kubiak, younger than 30. That's younger than Gary 30. Kubiak, right, right. Gary Kubiak let him call plays uh, as one uh, in his second year. The first year uh, Kubiak called him. The second year as OC, uh, he let Kyle Shanahan call him at 29. So. Our next question. Our next question is from our good boy, Matt Merringer. And his question is, what could Saturday do to convince you he is a competent NFL coach? Wins shouldn't be included on this because we all know losses are our friends right now. LOL. If he proves competence, what would you think about him as the future head coach? It would be weird because of how it happened, though. Yeah, I mean, the first thing I'm always going to look at at any coach that's in the head coach spot is their specialty and how that position is playing on the squad. Um, Mm. So the offensive – I mean, it sucks for Saturday to have to be linked to this offensive line right now. But if we see drastic improvement on this offensive line, even if it's losses, but to have tried so many different things and nothing to work – 
and he gets some of these guys back to playing how they are. We are known for them to play. That would be a huge stamp of approval and a huge step of confidence for Saturday. If that could happen for him. I mean, I, I think I jokingly said it and tweeted it out, but if Jeff Saturday can get this offensive line, even playing average build, build him a statue right in front of the Peyton one. Just make him snapping a ball to Peyton. You can make that thing. You can make that look natural. I think if you get the, I think if you get the the offensive line playing well, that would probably be more incentive for them to think about going back to Matt Ryan too. You know, if he if they feel like they're making progress or they're making headway after uh, the shoulder after the shoulder uh, separation oh, yeah. replacement yeah. after he gets that new shoulder that robotic shoulder obviously. Oh, of course. After he's you know one hundred percent healthy, of course. You know, not a second sooner, but. I think that might be that might give them incentive to to try to win to win again, you know, if he's able to write the ship with the offensive line. But I don't know, man. <laughs> what I would have to see is just this I just probably have to see this team really, really respond to him. And even if he did everything right hypothetically, and, and let's say he won four or five games and the Colts finished uh, seven, eight, and one. I just don't know about holding on to him long term because if we, if we finish seven, eight, and one, I'm firing him out of premise. Because <laughs> I'm because I'm, I'm going to be heated if we finish seven, eight, and one. It'd be seven, nine, and one, right? No, seven, eight, and one. No, because you can finish eight, eight, and one. That's the only way to finish eight and eight now. Oh, so it would be seven, nine. If we fin- and if we finish eight, eight, and one, Jeff. Ooh. I know you. <laughs> Jeff, I'm, I'm going to replace finish, every chair in your house. If we finish seven, the chair you sat in for that press conference, if you finish a eight and one, I am I'm going to find a way to that replace was the you. worst chair. I'm going to replace your lazy boy. I'm going to replace your couch. I may I may go as far to replace your bed with that chair. <laughs> if you, if chair you finish terrible. if you finish eight eight and one, that that, that chair is going to be in your nightmares forever. Man, I I just can't see. A scenario where I would be happy, unless you know he brings on an OC. Now, if he brought in an OC that that I I, I really like, somebody that's really going to help. Uh, you're already done with Parks Frazier. What a joke! I just want a quarterback guru. That's wow. all I want. Wow, I want shot. a guy that's going to be instrumental in a in a quarterback's development. A young quarterback. I'm all about a young quarterback. Anything that's going to help the young quarterback that's coming in this offseason. That's hopefully coming in this coming Josh McCown. If we hire Josh McCown, I'm I want I want I, I want an all I want an all player personnel coaching staff. I'm ha- I'm handing it Stanford Blue my resignation letter effective wow. immediately. We gotta have to edit, we're gonna have to edit that one out just in case. <laughs> right, they might hold me to that. Stop payment on my uh on my check. But nah man, uh I just want the team to rally around him. See how the team responds to him. See if he can actually, you know, have some respectable games. I know the bar is set very low right now because of what this team has been doing offensively. Uh they're the worst offense in the league. They 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 haven't scored more than twenty points uh only once so far this season. It it the bar is low. So if Jeff Saturday can come in and at least you know, look semi competent, have a game plan, uh, have the players respond to him, like I said, 
and go out there and execute, then hey, hey, why not? Why not? He's a, he'll be at least worth keeping in consideration when the team conducts their full on search at the end of the season. All right. Yeah, that 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 uh that air quotes around full on search, Rashad. We're not on YouTube, but I just thought everybody should see it. That's the, we got one more question, right? That you said beat the buzzer. It did. It got in. We we had already started recording, but I feel like this guy has attempted to get this on so many times that we got to give it into it. But uh, so this is coming from the new king of Colts on Twitter, and the at is the king of Colts. Is that does that look familiar to you, Rashad? I am going to give this at name a nine and a half. <laughs> Dang. For those of you that don't know, I mean, I don't know how you don't know. My old ad name was at King of Coats. So this guy actually wrote me when I changed it from at King of Coats and, and I went traditionally with my, my last name. I mean, well, with my full name. He said he was stealing the King of Coats at. And does it make you, does it make you a little sad that it's just gone forever? It is gone. But one thing, he didn't even steal it right though. So I may have to take it down to a nine. <laughs> because duh. Yeah, because he put duh in that and my original at name was just at King of Colts. He wanted he wanted to throw flavor to both of us, you know, King of Colts from you ah. and the from the Destin Adams. You know, maybe he is the real genius here. <laughs> maybe he's the real genius. Mastermind. Do you so want I'm, do you, I'm, do you want a job as the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts <laughs> the King of Colts? You seem to be a straight shooter. Bright young man. You don't use analytics. I like you. <laughs> you don't look. You don't look scared yet. You are the upper quartile of the top quartile, my good sir. Holy! Sh- oh my god! All right, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give his. I'm gonna give his ad name a eight. Uh, eight. Man, we had we, we had some falls from grace here. Okay, we went from a nine and a half to a nine <laughs> to an eight. We're sta- we're stopping at eight. I'm only giving him an eight because. For one, he didn't steal it correctly after he told me he was stealing it. And for two, I want Steinamite to still have some relevance on this show because I love that at name so much. So I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you an eight at the King of Coats. Which would tie the highest score given out um on this show. I believe we're gonna have to do some fact checking here. It might be the single highest. I don't know. Um I'm gonna we go high, se- we gotta hire intern. Uh, yeah, we, we yeah, we gotta get somebody in here. We need a GA. <laughs> But uh, I'm going to give it a seven and a half. I think it's a solid one. The King of Colts. I really like the new King of Colts name. Um, I like it. I also love that he messaged you first. Um, Are you saying so, you didn't like the old King of Colts? That's what you're saying? Yeah, I'm all about the new. I'm all about the young, man. I, I, I like it. Go figure. Go figure. But uh, so the new King of Colts, I respect it. I liked that he messaged you just telling you he was taking it. Didn't ask you. He told you he was taking it. That's so that a fact. Take- so that's so, that, so that's gonna bump it up here to a seven for me. I'm I'm, I'm gonna go seven for the new King of Colts at the King of Colts. <sighs> His question: Before the season started, I bet my friends a hundred apiece that the Colts would beat the Raiders, Cowboys, Chargers. So here's my question: What do you think the Colts' record will be over the next eight games, and do I have a chance in hell of coming out on top on those bets? Uh well record wise I think um the Colts is going to be two and six over the next eight games. Do you have us going five 
Man, this new this new game and the tie is throwing everything off for me. It, it's so five eleven and one is that is that what it is? Yeah, it's five eleven and one. Okay, that gives you seventeen. I'm going to say, uh, yeah, two and six, and no, you have no chance at coming out on top. Your best chance of getting a win out of those three games will be the Raiders uh, this Sunday. I definitely think you lose to the Cowboys, and. The Chargers game is tricky. Uh, the Chargers are, are, are beat up. They're really beat up, man, but they're not in disarray. So they should win that game against the Colts. So, um, get your hundred this week, man. This, this is your best chance at that hundred. This is the one we need. This is the one we need to lose the most. We're, we're, the, we're in, we're in a draft off here with some of these teams. We need, we need some teams to add some wins. The Raiders. You, you we need the Raiders need for one. The Raiders to win, right? With their two and six so far. Yeah, we need we need a car against Indy masterclass. He he doesn't know how to lose to Indy. Come on. Yeah. I, I, oh yeah, I'm going two and six, man. What you got? My biggest line of advice is hedge, hedge those bets, my friend. Find find whatever you can do to make your money elsewhere, because that's three hundo down the drain. <laughs> Um, Micah Parsons is going to do some illegal things to the Colts if the offensive line is not approved. Um, we we saw this week that the Bengals Steelers got knocked out of prime time. If the Colts offensive line is mm-hmm. not improved at all, you got to think that's being thought of because Micah Parsons might single handedly shut the Colts out that game. But yes. maybe they want to watch Micah Parsons do the nasty stuff on prime time TV. We I don't know. But yeah, my my biggest my biggest line effect would be to hedge, um, and then prediction for the next eight games. Uh, I I wanted to say two wins as well. We stole it. And if I say three wins, I'm gonna be depressed. Go up, you're going up, you're going up. I'm I'm gonna go three and. Three and five, so the Colts. Yeah. So the Colts then would end at eleven, six, ten, and one. Disgusting record. Oh my gosh, I'd cry. I hope I'm wrong. There's That's some not tough, that there's bad. Some, there's some tough games on the schedule. I don't know if we win three games. The rest of the way, I mean, Houston's the only game I feel good about. I think they beat Houston. That's the only one and I feel good about. There's another game somewhere that uh, I think they can beat the Giants. I think they could beat the Raiders. I mean, they've beat some good teams this year. I think they could beat the Raiders if all of this wasn't going on. I, I think they would have. I would have picked. Wouldn't them this to be beat the, the most Colts win though? That's true. They did beat Kansas City in the midst of a complete shit show. They beat Kansas City, but I don't know. So that's where I'm going. Yeah, I'm. I'm stealing your answer. I'm going two wins. I just don't see a way we win three on this schedule with this team right now. I just don't. We're gonna win three now that I change though, but I, I, I'm gonna go two and six. So we end we, we, we end five eleven and one. All right, Destin, you up for uh just some spur the moment buy or sell really haven't, quickly? I, I haven't even read them yet, so I'm ready. You you, you haven't? I haven't. I purposely didn't because I want I want to be as genuine as possible on these answers. Okay, it's only four. It's only four, and then we'll get into our predictions for the game this weekend, and then we will get out of here. All right, buy or sell. The Colts finished this season with a top 10 draft pick. 
am I buying or selling like record wise or like after trade up scenario as well? Record wise. Man. I don't know if six five, six wins and the tie is gonna there's a lot of bad teams this year, man. There's a lot of bad teams. Are you selling? I'm writing your answer down too, so don't try to get out of this. I'm gonna I'm gonna reluctantly sell. I just don't think they end in the top ten. I think they'll trade into the top ten. Whether it's a new GM, I, I'm starting to lean towards it's gonna be a new GM. And when you get a new guy right right fresh off into that opportunity, you, you usually get some boys uh wanting to be aggressive early on. Mm-hmm. So I so I can see a trade up scenario where you end up in that range anyway. But yeah, I I just there's a lot of bad teams and I think we're gonna win two to three games. Okay. All right. Buy or sell. Jeff Saturday keeps his interim job. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're not even answering? No. Oh well. <laughs> I tried to moonwalk out of that with Yeah, what the I heck? definitely did. I definitely did. I'm going to uh I'm gonna buy. Okay. I'm gonna buy. I think I think the Colts finish somewhere in, in the eight to ten range. I I, I I definitely think they do. I think they win two more games, and I actually think five, ten, five, eleven, and one. Yeah, yeah five, five, eleven, eleven and one. Yeah. It'll be it'll be bad enough to get them the tenth spot, tenth to ninth, ninth, tenth spot. So I'm gonna buy. Uh, buy or sell. Jeff Saturday keeps his interim job beyond the season. Man, <laughs> I. I'm going to go off of how I know Jim Ursay and what I think he will do. And I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy that I think Jim Ursay will keep Jeff Saturday for a full season after this. Um, I also think Jeff Saturday just has some characteristics that may sell a locker room, may sell an owner that already has a very good relationship with him. So I'm going to buy whether I think that's the right decision or not. I'm going to tell you. This is a tricky one. I'm not sure I'm buying. But this is this is my prediction. If Saturday stays, I think Ballard stays. If Saturday goes, I think Ballard will be gone as and well. They start I fresh. Think they clean house completely. Do you, now, do you think Saturday gets another position like in the front office if this is like the scenario they're going? I think I think they ask him do you want to be the offensive line coach? <laughs> Probably. Depending on how this this situation goes, what a weird demotion that would be. I mean, what a weird promotion it was. Buy buy yourself. Frank Wright gets a head coaching job this offseason. I'm gonna sell. I, I I I started to look through this when I was seeing tweets about this earlier. I just looked through some teams who I think could fire their head coach at the end of the season. And I'm just not sure Frank Reich is going to be on the top. Like, I just think a lot of guys are going to want to go fresh, new face. Like, that, that's, the, that's the mold now. Like, they want to go and you want to get your own new face type guy. Yep. I mean, the best chance would be like a Denver. Mm-hmm. If Denver fires the head coach, they went the fresh face. It doesn't work with Hackett. And they want to go an experienced guy in Frank Reich. I think the Denver market would work with a Frank Reich personality as well. So that's like a spot that I could see. But that's the only one when I was going through all these head coaching jobs that I could make sense of. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell. I think, I think he ends he will, up being He will work next year. 
Yeah, he will work next year. Yeah, he I think will. he definitely will work next year. I definitely think so. But I just don't – I don't know, man. Frank Reich looked like a defeated, dejected man at the end – by the end of his stint with the Colts. You, you could see it. He looked so deflated. I think this time off is going to do his mind good. It's going to restore him, get him back to, to good health. And the stress of being a head coach, I think he's going to – uh I think he's gonna relish in the opportunity of not having that stress on him for the for the next year. Or so, so let me so let me ask you this: right. If you're Frank Reich, would you rather be the offensive coordinator of the Bills next year or the head coach of the Panthers? If I'm Frank Reich, uh, Frank Reich is going to believe he sh- he should he'll rather be the head coach of the Panthers because uh, what would you Frank, do? Because he's Frank Reich, I would go be the <laughs> offensive coordinator for the Bills. Can, Especially that, Frank Wright had a history with the Bills as well. So, you know, that well, kind of. That, that, to me, that's the dream spot for Frank Wright to go to next year is be the offensive coordinator of the Bills, work with the Josh Allen. Naeem Hines is back. It's like you set this up for yourself. Um, and now Naeem Hines won't get used in Buffalo. Um, had to throw that in. But uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I just think if I'm Frank Reich and I'm offered the Carolina job and I'm offered the offensive coordinator job with the Bills, that Carolina job, roster wise, makeup wise, offensively, is just screaming a situation. Because if if he goes and takes a head coaching job and it doesn't work and he gets fired again, that's it for him. Yeah, like yeah. that is why you take an offensive coordinator job with a high powered offense that loses their offensive coordinator, and the Bills are the perfect setup for that. Uh, I and know it just good... works. What or a Tampa? If, if, I know if, another if good Brady spot was for still him there. Too. Uh, OC for the for the Chargers. I think the Chargers so, may be looking to move on from Lombardi uh, at the end of the season because he's not doing Justin Herbert any favors in in the offense that he's running. I think Frank would be would do wonders for her. So, so one that I thought about was if the Chargers just fire Staley. Oh, Frank is the head coach. Well. It, well, that was an interesting. Like when I was just going through teams that could fire their guys, like that was one that came to mind. Like the Chargers are underperforming like no other. There's a ton of injuries. Like this has just been an unfortunate year. Yeah, yeah. Staley, I, I, I think they're some... more likely to get rid of the OC than the head coach because they I love. I think they Staley, are too. Man. I think they are too, and I think Staley can work. He's just a gambling man. Yeah, <laughs> he he, he yeah. rolls them dice. So, just is, like Frank. so is Frank. I say, so is I was Frank. Say, just like Frank. They, Staley might do it a little more. Yeah, they, they're match the made in heaven, though. They're match made in heaven for what Staley like to do defensively, what Frank like to do offensively. I think they could work. All right, last by ourselves. Colts have two or more Pro Bowlers at the end of the season. Man, Jonathan Taylor doesn't even look like he's going to be in a thousand yard. Rusher, he, he won't make it. So I don't see him. The only lock I have right now is Buckner. That's it. Say Buckner, man. Yeah. I guys that are playing like I mean Grover Stewart deserves recognition. I know. Man. I, I thought about. But Grover, I don't know if an, I don't know if his style of interior guy is going to get in, especially over these AFC. Jeffrey Simmons, Chris Jones, over his teammate. I mean, because I mean. I don't even know if I'd call Buckner a lock right now. I'm going to be honest with you. Because going through last year, Buckner made it. 
Chris Jones made it. Who was the other AFC defensive tackle today? It wasn't Jeffrey Simmons. He didn't get in last year. Jeffrey Simmons didn't make it last Jeff- year? Yeah, that was the whole outrage. Was last it Haywood? Yes, and Pittsburgh. Yeah. So with Pittsburgh's situation, Hayward could fall out. Yeah. And then that's who t- – because Jeffrey Simmons is getting that spot, getting a spot. So I don't know, man. Buck, Chris Buck Jones is getting, getting in. Buckner has pretty good numbers. I think. I mean, Buck, Buck, Buckner has after that first couple slow weeks has been unreal, but yeah. uh, after that, I, I just don't know. I think Pittman coulda. The offense kind of screwed him. I think he's talented enough to get there, but he won't get in. Dar- Buckner's Sha- on pace for ten sacks this Shaquille year. So. is not going to play enough to even be considered. Right, he's not. He's not. Bobby Bobby's playing unreal right now, but for whatever reason, that's who we're rotating out for when Shaquille comes on the floor instead. I think uh, Gilmore got Davis. a shot. Gilmore Gilmore has played well. Um, there's just a lot of good corners. That's the thing. That's the thing. You got to yeah, catch the interception. I'm, I'm gonna know. go. I'm gonna go the under because I just can't make enough selling points for these guys. Under two, damn. We went from leading the league last year to finishing with under two. Potentially, gotta, gotta love hard knocks. Gotta, gotta love it. The curse, man. The curse. All right. So that's enough. That's 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 buy or sell. Uh, I'm gonna start implementing that randomly uh, in the weeks to come. I, I think it's a good exercise for us. So let's get to what the people came in for. <laughs> score predictions. I need a winner, and I need a score. And why? But you got. Um, I'm gonna go 27-17 Raiders. Um, okay. I I just do not see a wheelhouse where this team, even in a week, is able to respond. Even even if Saturday comes in and just changes everything overnight, culture wise, I just don't see a way they fix everything right now. So 17 points after what we did against New England would be a godsend. Um, so, and I just think the Raiders and Derek Carr has a track record of being unreal against the Colts. So 27, 17, this is just the year where the Colts can't break curses. So, yeah, I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with the Raiders as well. I'm gonna go actually 31, 20. Um, I think the Colts have more success, obviously, than they had against New England, which is not saying much. Uh, but I, I do think the Raiders, offensively, they're playing really well. Uh, I went back and watched watched some of some of the Raiders games uh, as I was writing my piece for about Devontae Adams for my uh, behind enemy lines article that should be dropping tomorrow or Saturday. Who I'm not sure yet, but you'll and see. If you, if you haven't noticed, whoever Rashad writes about is must start in fantasy. Oh like, yeah, whoever it is, like you just have to put that down in your books as you gotta start him in fantasy. It is the Rashad McGinnis jinx um, in Indianapolis right now, so make make sure you're on the lookout for that. Hopefully, most of the people that listen to the show haven't made it to this part yet. But <laughs> I wrote about Devontae Adams. Uh, I could have easily wrote about Josh Jacobs though, who's having one of the best years of his career. It's okay. As... I own Devontae Adams in fantasy. I don't own Josh Jacobs. So you don't have Josh Jacobs? I don't own Josh Jacobs. I do yeah. own I do own Devontae Adams. So that's a win. And I'm sure you're gonna start him. He he starts anyway. <laughs> no, I was about to say that. So uh Devontae Adams uh can have a massive game. I expect him to have a have a really good game. But yeah, this Raiders offense is not 
playing bad. You know, they're blowing they've, leads. They've either played great or they right. play horrible. Right. I mean, and, and in the Jaguars game, we saw both. In the first half, they were shooting on all cylinders. And in the second half, they were shooting some stray bullets and hitting themselves. They definitely, I, I don't know, man. They're, they're so Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, like I said, Devontae had 10 for 146 and two touchdowns that game. But they blew it in the second half of that game. So I, I don't know. So I'm going to Raiders 31-20. I think they just outscored the Colts offense. The Colts defense will play well in spurts, but I think they just going to have their back up against the wall too much. So uh, I think that's it. I think I think that's all we have. Destin, do you have anything you want to say to the good people out there? Nothing, nothing to think about too much. Um, I think this game is going to tell you a little bit about where the Colts stand the rest of the way. Um, you lose this one, it becomes more and more like the season is lost. You win this one, you have a inching chance at the AFC South still, and maybe, just maybe, Ursay is not lying, and we are going to try to win games. Destin, the, the, haven't you learned anything from this week? What you should have learned was just be by your phone around midnight, one in the morning. You never know who may be calling. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Saddle Up Show. Peace. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.